Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. It's Jive Time with Jeb! Well, good morning! Woo! That is a great sound out there today. Now, I was supposed to be here with you last week, but, but unfortunately, I couldn't be here. Miss Lisa had to take me to the dry cleaners, so I was permanently pressed for time. You'll get that joke later. It's okay. Well, hey, we're going to have a great service here at Hillside today. Thanks for joining us, everybody in the parking lot and everybody online. We're going to give at the end of service. You can give in the white tubes as you exit drive-in service today. Now, i got a couple of quick announcements to share with you before we kick off our worship experience. Now, remember, we're going to keep doing outside services through the month of October, and there are no midweek events at the church. So nothing's going on except drive-in church for the next couple of weeks. And then in November, we're kicking things back off inside. That's at least the plan as of today. Now, we've got a great thing we're doing called Operation Christmas Child. Who's excited about that? It's going to be great. We're going to give some Christmas gifts to some kids who won't get any other gift besides what we give. So you can choose if you want to give a gift to a boy or a girl. You choose an age group, 2 to 4, 5 through 9, or 10 to 14. And you pick up one of those boxes over there with those lovely ladies that are by the truck. And if you've got any questions, you can ask them about it. And they'll help you with all the information. And then you bring your box back on November 7th. And we're going to give those gifts away to some boys and girls. Does that sound amazing? Woo! Well, hey, I'm ready to worship today. How about you? Well, Mr. Robbie, I think it's time to shoot, scoot, and boogie. Let's get ready to worship our amazing God today. Let's do it. Here comes our worship team. Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Today we're going to open up with the song, I'm Trading My Sorrows. Yes, Lord. 
this morning we're going to teach you a brand new song. Pastor Eric shared it earlier this week on Facebook. This song is called House of the Lord. We're going to sing it at the end of the service as well. So if you listen to it this week, join with us as we sing it now. House of the Lord. So are you excited to be here today? Man, I am so excited to preach today. Uh, wow, this is great to have the sun out today after a week where it's been kind of gloomy and uh, hardly any wind today, so we don't have to worry about the worship tent blowing away, so that's, that's all good. Uh, we're just so great to have all of you here today and those of you that are online with us as well. We're going to have a great worship experience 
Yesterday was a phenomenal day, uh, a hard day, but a phenomenal day. So we were with the Riveras. Uh, we were, I was, it was absolutely a privilege to be able to preach at Juan Rivera's uh, funeral service or celebration of life service. Uh, Luis got to interpret with me, and I love preaching with an interpreter. It's just amazing. Uh, it was just emotional and cool and knowing that God was there, and it was just great. And so continue to pray for the Rivera family as they process the loss of Juan uh, in their life. Uh, we love you guys so much, and just know your church family's behind you 100%. Uh, it's also, that's right, you can do that. We love you guys. Uh, it's also really great. I think I saw uh, Joe with us, Joe Wiggers, this morning, risen from the grave uh, and alive with us. So it's great to have Joe back with us now as well. Uh, continue to pray for those who are struggling with being sick and ill. Uh, there are several, uh, and so just keep them in your prayers. Well, I want to I wanna preach today. Who's excited to hear the Word of God? Well, we're going to talk about the soundtrack of your life. Anybody here like music? All right. You know what? All the neighbors are like, something is going on this morning. They're, they're honking a lot. Well, I was thinking this morning, I know that there are some movie lovers as well here. And in 1937, something happened in the cinema world that changed movie-going experiences forever. Because in 1937, with the animated movie from Walt Disney, Snow White, it was and Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, it was the first time that there was ever a commercially issued soundtrack for a film. Today, it would be hard to imagine watching any type of movie experience without the music that goes along with that, because music just adds something to a watching experience. So I thought it would be kind of interesting to go back with some classic movie themes, that if these were absent from the movie, it just would not be the same experience. And so we've got a couple of examples we're going to share with you this morning. The first one uh, let's go ahead and play that. From 1975, the soundtrack that kept us out of the ocean because we were afraid of a giant great white shark, the theme to Jaws, right? And that movie wouldn't be the same without the soundtrack. Going, That's kind of just eerie playing that out here. But then there's another one, and, and, and this, is, this is one that, that you've heard maybe recently if you're a recent moviegoer, but it's been around for a long time. The first time that we heard this was in 1962. It introduced us to the smooth-talking, gadget-wielding British super spy, played by actors like Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Daniel Craig, and of course, the best Bond of all, the very late Sean Connery. There was just something about that. When that theme played, and, and if you've ever watched a, a Bond movie where, where the gun barrel goes around and then the spy's there, I mean, that, just, that music brought you into that movie. We can't imagine movies without soundtracks. They add so much to the viewing experience. But what if this morning, what if you and I had a soundtrack for our life? What would be the theme song that would be played for us? And I'm just going to be really honest. For me and for some of you, this would probably be the theme that would be being played. A little chaotic, a little crazy, running from left to right, sometimes confused, not sure where we're going, and maybe even a little pointless. The theme track from some Benny Hill shows. But I want to be serious for a moment today. There's a theme song that plays for our life. Whether you, whether you choose to or not, there's a theme that goes along. There's a soundtrack to every person's life. And today, I want to share with you out of the book of Samuel, talking about four men. We're going to go through them fairly quickly. We want to spend the most time on the fourth one. And for these individuals, I felt like there was only one soundtrack that would really, really play off well for these four individuals today. So let's play that one. From one of my favorite movies of all time. And, and you know, as a pastor, we have to wear a different hat a lot of the time. Our hat's constantly changing. So this morning, I, I just want to change hats for a moment. And a little Indiana Jones action this morning. 
I love the movies Indiana Jones. I take that back. I love two of the movies from Indiana Jones because only odd number Indiana Jones movies count. Raiders of the Lock are Lost or Raiders of the Ark and Last Crusade are two of my favorite movies of all time. Indiana Jones, this this archaeologist on these great adventures. And yes, I thought about getting a whip as well, but my wife told me that that was not a good idea. And man, I listened to my wife. Uh, so we didn't need to send anyone to the hospital, including myself today. So we'll stick with just the hat. But if you've got your Bibles with you, let's turn to 2 Samuel 23, verse 8. We're talking about some of David's mighty warriors. Starting in verse 8, it says this. These are the names of David's mighty warriors. The first was jo Joasheb the chief of the three. He raised a spear against 800 men whom he killed in one encounter. 800 men in one encounter? I'm sorry, Bruce Willis, but you have nothing on this guy. Josheb was the original diehard, going up against with eight guys and winning that encounter. Verse 9 picks up and tells us about the next individual, Eleazar. As one of the three mighty warriors, he was with David when they taunted the Philistines, gathered at Pass Damim for battle. Then the Israelites retreated, but Eleazar stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hands grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. When everybody else fled, Eleazar stood his ground. He fought so long that the sword literally froze in his hand. Arnold Schwarzenegger has nothing on Eleazar. He, Eleazar is the original Conan the Barbarian. Verse 11 tells us about the next individual. Next to him was Shammah. When the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, the Israel troops fled from them. But Shamas took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck down the Philistines. And the Lord brought about a great victory. And I'm sorry, but you know what? There's, this was the original rock. It's not Dwayne Johnson. It was Shama who was the real rock, who stood his ground when no one else would. Verse 13 puts these individuals together. During harvest time, the three... The, Three of the 30 chief warriors came down to David to a cave at Abilom, while the band of Philistines was encamped at the valley of Rephium. At that time, David was in the stronghold, and the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near, near the gate of Bethlehem. So the three mighty warriors broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem, and carried it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. Far be it from me, Lord, to do this, he said. Is it, is it, it, is it not the blood of men who went at risk of their own lives? And David would not drink it. Such were the exploits of these three mighty warriors. You put these three individuals together, and you get the original Avengers. I mean, think about it. These three guys broke through these, these lines just to get a cup of water for their leader. Their loyalty is beyond compare. Their heartbeat and their, their, their drive and determination for adventure drove them. Men of incredible courage. But who I want to focus in on today was a man named Beniah the real Indiana Jones. Speaking up in verse 20, Beniah, a valiant fighter from Kabzeel, performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two mightiest, mightiest warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down a huge Egyptian. Although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Beniah went against him with just a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Such were the exploits of Beniah. He, too, was, was as famous as the three mighty warriors. He was held in greater honor than any of the 30, but he was not included among the three. But David put him in charge of his bodyguard. You know who you want in charge of your bodyguard? A guy who goes up against a lion on a snowy day in a pit. That's the kind of guy you want guarding you. This incredible individual. 
Before we get into tearing this scripture apart and what God wants to speak to us today, let's take a moment and pray. God, would you move in this place today? God, your presence is here. Lord, like that song that Robbie led us in. Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today. Lord, we might be facing a lot of different issues and challenges. There might be a lot of things in this world right now that intimidate us and maybe scare us. But God, I believe today you're wanting to flip the soundtrack in our life. Where maybe our soundtrack has been crazy and chaotic and unsure and unsettling. Lord, that you're wanting us to leave this place with a soundtrack of confidence, a soundtrack of assurance, and a soundtrack of determination and loyalty towards you. Because, God, you are a faithful, mighty God. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor today. And God's people said, <coughs> Benaiah was this valiant fighter who performed great exploits. Benaiah was an adventurer. And adventurers are always willing to take calculated risk. The Bible says that he struck down two of Moab's best fighting men. He went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down a huge Egyptian, although the Egyptian was armed with a spear and he had nothing but a club in his hand. No matter the situation or the circumstance, Benaiah always found himself in a place to prove his loyalty and his courage. And because of his loyalty and courage, he triumphed over great adversity. His loyalty was yes to his king, but also to his God. Benaiah was a lion chaser. And lion chasers are always going to be risk takers. What lions do you need to turn around and chase today? Now, I thought, I thought we could talk to a zoo and get a lion in here, but they didn't think that was a good idea. Um, we thought about trying to dress Skipper up in a lion suit and bring him out, but that really is not intimidating at all. But if you've ever seen a lion, they're intimidating. They're an incredible animal. They're, they're muscular and, and just they're, they're, they're apex hunters. They're at the top of the food chain. And here is Benaiah on a day where the conditions aren't the best. It wasn't like today with the sun shining, with low wind. It was on a snowy day. A storm probably was rolling in. There was probably a wind. It was probably bitterly cold. And yet here is Benaiah tracking down this apex predator. Because there's something in him that drives him to not be intimidated by the things that should intimidate us. The Bible says that our enemy is a roaring lion. He loves to try to intimidate us. But 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For the Spirit of God gave, gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Let me give you a little bit of background on this passage. Timothy was a young man, probably, in his, probably about 30 years old. And he was timid. Some versions say uh, he had a spirit of timidity. But God had called him to preach the world, word of God boldly. Would he chase the lion or would he run away? So the Apostle Paul wrote him two letters to encourage Timothy to face his fears, to be a lion chaser. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Don't let anyone look down on you because of your young youth, but set an example for believers in speech in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. 2 Timothy 1.8 says, Do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord. Paul was saying, look, be a lion chaser. You might be young. You might be timid. You might look around and go, I don't have what some of these other, these other men of God, these other women of God have. I'm just not designed like them. But God designed you perfectly just the way you are. Do you have the courage to live the life God's called you to live this morning? See, when we, when we live in fear, when we allow fear to control our life, it minimizes us from taking calculated risks. I don't think we should just be out there taking risks all the time, 
just doing whatever because, hey, this is what I want to do. We've got to be calculated in the risk that we take. These great, mighty men of God took calculated risk. Yes, there was some danger involved. Yes, they could have lost everything, but they said, I believe that I've got the position that God has given me in this moment to step out in faith, and it's going to require God to do something greater than I can do on my own. And it's in those moments where we take these leap of faith that God shows up and does incredible things. I believe that the Spirit of God spoke to these individuals, drew something very powerful inside of them, stirred something to go, this is the time, this is the moment. Step out and don't be afraid. Our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith. That's what 1 Peter 5.8 tells us. The devil's an intimidator, and he's always trying to intimidate those who believe in Jesus. The last thing he wants you to do is to take risks, especially when it comes to the kingdom of God. To take some risks. And to see God move in and through your life to touch other individuals and to bring hope to those who have none. When we follow Jesus, we are children of God. And that means that we're not meant to live in fear anymore. And we're not meant to live in the world of conspiracy theories. We're meant to live in the world of truth. We're meant to live in a world where we're led by God. Though we walk through the shadow of death, we should fear no evil, for our God goes with us. Living by faith means taking risks. The greatest victories in your life are on the other side of faith. But too often, the church tries to say this as individuals. We say, we want the victory, and then we'll engage our faith. We want to see the victory first, and then we'll praise God. We want to see the victory first, and you know what? Then I'll stretch out. Then I'll tithe. Then I'll do this. I want to see the provision first, and then I'll step out in faith. But that's not how it works. It's the other way around. We stand at a point where, where we've got to engage our faith. I, I, I told you earlier that I, I love the Indiana Jones movies. And in the third movie, there's this point where Indiana Jones is standing at this cliff. He's in this cave and there's this cliff. And, and the clue that he has to this puzzle is it requires a leap of faith. And he's looking at this thing going, it's just this endless pit. It doesn't go anywhere. And he closes his eyes and he takes this, this step and he steps out and there's, it looks like there's nothing there. And he goes about a foot down only to realize there was a walkway there the entire time. But it was, it, it was painted exactly to look like the other side of the cliff. It was there, but he couldn't see it. And for some of you this morning, you're at a place where God is asking you to stretch your faith. Maybe it's in the area of tithing or giving to missions. Or maybe it's about inviting somebody to church or sharing your faith or, or stepping out and serving someone in some way. And, and this morning, you're at that cliff and you're, you're, you're just like, it doesn't look like there's anything there. It doesn't look like, like, like there's anything to hold me. And you're standing there. you got one foot in the air. And God's saying, just shift your weight forward and see what I can do. I'm right here, but you got to take that Leap into the unknown. If we want to be like Benaiah and we want to chase some lions, then we need to understand this. Lion chasers know that the bigger their God is, the smaller the lions become. The bigger our God is in our mind, in our hearts, in our lives, the smaller the lions become. Look at Daniel in chapter 6. When King Darius came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angels and he shut the mouths of the lions. How big is your God this morning? Do you have a huge God that can't be contained? Or do you have a God this morning? that you're trying to fit inside a, a small bag you can carry along? Is your God just, just a God who fits inside your purse, fits inside your pocketbook and your back pocket? Or is your God bigger than the lions that you face? 
This is what the Bible tells us about our God. He's perfect, Deuteronomy 32. He's infinite, Revelations 22. He's unchanging, Malachi 3. He's all-powerful, Jeremiah 32. He's all-knowing, 1 John chapter 3. He's everywhere. He's all times present and everywhere that we go. Jeremiah 23, there's no one like our God. Isaiah 43 says he's my Savior. Psalm 78 says he's our Redeemer. Psalms 18, a deliverer. Psalms 18, my, uh, a shield. Psalms 22, strength. Isaiah 30, a rock. Malachi 2, the one God, the great God. That's found in Deuteronomy. Genesis 21 says he's the eternal God. Isaiah says he's the mighty God. Psalm says he's the most high God of all. How big is your God this morning? Nehemiah says he's an awesome God. Isaiah says he's righteous. In Exodus, it says he's all-sufficient and can handle all of your needs. In Jonah chapter 4, he's the gracious God who shows grace far beyond what we deserve. And in Deuteronomy chapter 7, he is the faithful God who continually shows up to those who call upon his name for help. If we've got a God that's that big, that's that huge, that, that's, that's so amazing, it kind of makes the lions look a lot smaller. But the devil knows what he's doing. He's kind of like, my, my parents have some, some chickens on their little hobby farm. And it's always amazing to me because the rooster is the biggest wimp of all of the chickens. Right? But he gets up in the morning and, man, he does this strut, and he sticks his chest out, gets his feathers all ruffled. He makes a lot of noise. But the minute that there's something that happens, a cat shows up or there's some noise, the rooster takes off running. The other chickens are all still there. He just takes off running. And you know what? I think, I think that's how the devil is. He's got, he's got, he looks fierce. He sounds big. But in comparison to our God, he's a scaredy cat. And the minute that Jesus shows up on the scene, the devil goes running. We've got to choose to embrace God in our life in greater ways and to be a lion chaser. And living by faith doesn't mean that we completely remove fear from our life. Look, fear is meant to have a place in the believer's life. The reason that we don't put our hand on a burning stove is because we're afraid of getting burned, and that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. Fear keeps us from jumping out of the car at 55 miles an hour on the freeway. That's a good thing. Fear keeps us from jumping out of an airplane at 10,000 feet without a parachute. That is a good thing. Where fear becomes a negative thing is when fear controls us and we can't live the life God calls us to live because we are too overwhelmed by fear to move and to walk where God's asking us to go. Too many this morning, there's a soundtrack in your life. And maybe it's the soundtrack of that Jaws movie. It's the track of, look, don't get in the water because the shark's going to come get you. Don't take a leap of faith. Don't step out into the unknown because guess what? The devil's going to come get you. But it's in the unknown. When God draws us to the places of the unknown, to the great adventures, it's not the place where the devil comes to get us. It's the place where we encounter God. It's the great place where God does something inside of us where he changes us. I want every one of you to be able to experience that moment where you step out in faith into the unknown and you see God do something greater in your life and the lives of those around you. This morning, maybe it's time to switch the soundtrack in your life. Maybe you've been listening to the wrong song, setting the wrong tone, Maybe if your song has been something from a horror film or something from a scary movie, maybe it's time to switch the track to something that's called you into adventure, into the unknown. Worship team, if you get ready to come back. Church, step into the unknown. Take some calculated risks in your life.
follow God. Here's three things that I'll give you this morning on how to become a lion chaser. They're very simple. The first one is this, obey and be loyal to God. God has been so faithful to us. Obey what God says. Look, not what other people are telling you to do. If you want to start with courage, how about opening up that Bible for your own, whether it's on your phone, on your, your, your device, or whether it's the old school paper version. All will work well. But open it up for yourself. Read and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you through the Word of God. Look, there's a lot of great books out there. There are a lot of great speakers. There are some great people that do a lot of motivational stuff online. I get all of that. But I'm telling you, nothing compares to the moment where you step in, you open that Bible, and God begins to speak to you. That is where life is changed. Let me tell you, when I got some lions that come chasing after me, when the lions are there and I can feel the breath breathing on the back of my neck, I don't need a YouTube video. I need a word from God. I want to be encouraged by God himself, by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what transforms. That's what gives power to our life. That's what puts us at the point of being able to step over the line and trust God and to step into the unknown is listening to God's voice. And if you don't have that in your life, if you're just listening to everybody else, and look, the people that you're listening to, they might have a Jesus sticker on the back of their car. Awesome. They might have all the credentials in the world, but I'm going to tell you, you don't really know if that person is following God or not. Especially if you don't have the Word of God in you. Stop prioritizing everybody else's voice to prioritize the one voice you need to hear. Obey and listen to God. The second thing is, look, stop thinking that your life has to be perfect. Your story is going to have ups and downs. It was that way before Jesus, and I'm just going to let you in a little secret. It's even more so afterwards. Because Jesus said he came to give us life more abundant. So if your life had ups and downs before, you're following Jesus, it's bigger highs and lower lows. But the difference is, is Jesus walks with us all the time. Stop waiting for perfection. Stop waiting to say, once my life gets to this point, well, then I'll do this. What is God asking you to do today? Maybe it's to start tithing. Maybe it's to start serving. Maybe it's to start giving. Maybe it's whatever it might be. Maybe it's that person at work that God has been trying to get you to build a relationship with, but you've been so petrified, so worried about rejection, so worried that you won't have the right words to say that you haven't. But I want to tell you, God promises that when you're bring, brought before kings and rulers, he'd give you the words to say, if he's going to do that with kings and rulers, I guarantee you he can do that with your neighbor or coworker. Stop waiting for perfection. Stop chasing personal perfection and start chasing Jesus. There is something so amazing about a broken life chasing after the Savior. There's just something so special about that. we got to stop chasing perfection, church, and start chasing Jesus together. The final one is this. If you want to be a lion chaser, you got to learn how to praise and to step into moments of praise and worship. Listen, somebody here this morning, you are Debbie Downer. You've watched all this stuff. You've listened to all this stuff. And I, I don't care if it's Christian television or Christian radio or it's secular TV and secular radio or whatever it might be. But it's like they've got you all worked up. And they've got you how horrible life is and how horrible things are getting and how much horrible it's going to get. And in the meantime, they've never lifted up the name of Jesus one time. Our world has been through the ringer before. And look, there's going to be other times in the future. And you know what? Jesus brought the church through it all. I feel like some of you, I was at the store the other day. I saw this fish. It's called a placostomus. It's got these big old lips, and it sucks on the tank, and it eats all the algae. It sucks all the algae out of the tank. 
It cleans all that junk out. Some of y'all Debbie Downers, you're so depressed. You're so caught up with how horrible the things are in this world. You're missing out on the opportunity to see how great and awesome our God is. And you got you try to connect with people and you say, Well, I'm trying to do ministry. But if you're if you're one of these placostomous people, you're a joy sucker. You walk up to people, you tell people how horrible it is and everything else, and it's like you suck the joy right out of them. And then you're like, but you should have Jesus. It's supposed to go the other way. We are followers of Jesus. We're to bring Jesus into situations. We're not joy suckers. We're joy bringers. We bring the joy with us. Y'all got to change your soundtrack if you're sucking the life out of people. I love the song that Robbie introduced today. What a great soundtrack. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And you know what? There's joy tomorrow. And the house of the Lord just isn't here. It's just not this building. It's just not this campus. The house of the Lord is where you reside. Because where you go as a believer is where Jesus is. And where Jesus is, there should be joy. You got an opportunity to turn your soundtrack today. You got an opportunity this week, you're going to have moments where you feel like it's overwhelming, where there's nothing left to give, where you're just surrounded with situations that are too big for you. You got an opportunity what soundtrack you're going to listen to. And maybe it's time to flip the track and it's time to bring some joy to the situation. Because when we lift up our hands, when we lift up our voice, when we lift up our hearts, and we try to connect with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, it brings joy. Because our God is full of joy. He's full of love. He's full of compassion and grace and mercy today. I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to cut this worship team loose to end our service today. Church, put on a different hat. I know I look silly with this hat on. It's not me. But you know what? It's a reflection of the heart that I want. I want to be an adventurer for God. And I want our church to step into the greatest moment in our history right now and to be part of the adventure where God wants to take us into the unknown, into the places we've never been before to see him move not only in your life, but in your neighbor's life, your co-worker's life, on your campus, in your neighborhood, in your community. God is greater than the lions. Let's chase after some lions this morning. God, we pray that we would have the spirit of these mighty men. Lord, when the, the odds were against them, when the things didn't look like it was going their way, they stood their ground because they realized, my God is so much bigger than the lions, the giants, and the armies that I face. Lord, I pray for those that are encapsulated by fear and, and Lord, unable to move, unable to breathe where you're wanting them to go. But God, I pray you'd set them free today, that the big song over their life would begin to change from a soundtrack of Jaws to a soundtrack of adventure, a soundtrack of stepping into the things that you have for us, a soundtrack of where God, we see you so much bigger than the lions that we're called to chase down. Lord, give us a heart like Benaiah. Let us be adventurers. Let us take leaps of faith and to step into the unknown. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And truly, you are in this place today. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. Our God, He holds the victory. Yeah. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely Sing to the God who hears, we sing to the God who saves, we sing to the God who saves.
face this week, you can say, it is well with your soul if you've got the joy of the Lord in your heart. We're going to conclude by singing that great hymn, It is well with my soul. Yeah. 
we put our trust in you, we can say, it is well with my soul. God, we may not understand some of the things that we face, but Lord, we put our trust and our hope in you this morning. God, I thank you for our church and for our church family. And as we go our separate ways this morning, I pray that you would remind us this week that there's joy in the house of the Lord. And that joy is going to spill over into our lives wherever we go and whatever we do. God, may we say it is well with our soul. Strengthen us throughout this week. God, we commit our lives into your hands. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name we pray. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to give in the offering. Lord, thank you for our tithe and offerings. Continue to bless this church. And may we be a blessing to this community. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have a great week, everyone. See you next week. the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. Our God, He holds the victory. Yeah. There's joy in the house of the Lord. 
There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause he hung upon that cross and he rose up from the grave. My God, he rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Shout out your praise, there's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Shout out your praise, there's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. 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 Shout out your praise. Praise the Lord. Who was and who is, who is to come. Got better each time. Great job.